Welcome and hello to Parababel. How's everybody doing tonight? Hello to Parababel? Yeah, we're to Parababel. Hello from Parababel? Not to us. <laughs> we're greedy that way. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Alright. Doing a little crazy. You're doing a little crazy? Yep. Or are crazy. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna play wordplay right now because of Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't sign off on the Christmas gifts to and from, but hey. not like it's our first rodeo, but it kind of feels like it's night, huh? It's the twenty fourth. It is. Isn't it? Episode twenty four. Wow. We're getting there. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Almost twenty five. Yeah. That, that does well, come it's... after twenty four. All right, I see. We know where this is going right away. <laughs> we can count. What are we, we gonna, can count. What's going to happen when we get to the 25th episode? Nothing. We're going to... Do we have a cake or something for that? Oh, we should do a 25th cake. That's a pretty big accomplishment, right? We could do We're it. We're still making episodes. To Parababble. Thanks Whoa. for the memories. <laughs> Parababble to you. <laughs> Parababble to you. From us. But you guys remember, like, when we first started this, we weren't sure if we were going to make five episodes. And now we're coming up on the 25th one. 25. Pretty so, soon that's, that's moved pretty quick. It's almost a year. It is almost a year. Wow. It was last In that tiny little studio we started out in, and now we're in this... This huge studio. Oh. Big dings. Big dings. Is it digs or dings? Dings. Dings? Yeah. Big dings. I thought you we were in good digs. This well, is a big dig. Dings are like things that you have, like big dings. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, today's episode, we're going to do what? Well... I'm Rob, first off. Jeff is here. And Allie's here. Hello, people. And, and you know me, because I'm too Parababble. Too Parababble. Okay. Speaking of which, at Parababble is our Twitter and Instagram accounts. Instagram, gotta love it. We got some following on Instagram, so yeah. I like it. We do. We I are so ahead of the times right now. I guess my so. mom's got five different accounts. Instagram accounts. <laughs> so we got... <laughs> I don't know... <laughs> We're getting following from like a lot of local Buffalo places, like Buffalo eateries and things like that. I don't know why. Maybe because I follow them with the Parababel account. It's kind of like a hand-in-hand -hand thing. Scratch the back, guy scratch the yeah. back, scratch backs. Um, but yeah, we got that on Twitter and, and uh, Instagram is at Parababel. Then we're at Facebook.com slash Parababel. And you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. So there's a lot of crap that you could use to get to us. So, Rob, um, I just happened to notice that you were wearing an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> which uh, we both share a love for that show. Which I got at Comic-Con. Did you? I did. How was Comic-Con? It was awesome. Did you get anything else there? Yes. Maybe he can post it. <laughs> <laughs> I showed Jeff earlier. I'll have to show you later. Uh -oh. It's uh, a picture. Oh, interesting. I commissioned an artist to do something for me. Very nice. It is very nice, by the way. Is it going to go next to your zombie? commissioned picture it might yeah it's got to it's got to get hung up you can nerd it out yeah you have a collection of those i'm thinking yeah that's my <laughs> in every different you know universe uniform mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm glad that you um went to comic-con and got an awesome t-shirt from an awesome show um but what really made me think of all of that is aliens and weird beings and things of that nature which kind of is one of the things we're going to talk about on tonight's show right yeah, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> yes, you do. You sounded a little tortured there, so... I have been tortured. So when we decided to do this topic um, after we recorded our last episode, the demon episode, uh, we decided, you know, let's do an episode on the Mothman. 
and I've always been a fan of the Mothman. But I've gone down a dark, dark Mothman <laughs> hole the last two or three weeks now. Are you a fan of the Mothman because you like furry men with wings? Is that... No. <laughs> this show is going to purge all your Mothman. It, you're going to purge completely after all this research. I don't know if I will because even as of this morning, I was still thinking, oh, you know what else I didn't look into on this whole Mothman thing? is This, this, and this. And I was Googling things at work. See, I'm really interested to see what you have dug up on this because I've always just kind of thought of the Mothman as like this furry creature who no. just flies around and harbors doom. He's so much more than that. Is he? He is. Look at, I have 20 typed pages of my own notes that I've taken the last couple of weeks right here. I think you're a little obsessed. I've gone a little crazy. I should post the Google Doc, not the Google Doc, the, uh, the Microsoft document on the Facebook page so everyone could just see just how crazy I am. Because normally I write down my notes, but I can't write very well. I have horrible handwriting, and I just sorted and organized all these notes. And so are, are those notes the same as these typewritten, handwritten notes, or are those in addition to? These are my initial notes that I took when I was watching the Mothman documentaries and listening to the audiobooks. <laughs> and then these are just some of the notes. I also have some on my phone that I was taking when I was listening to the audiobook at work for nine and a half hours. Oh my goodness. And then I just kind of took both of them and I kind of organized them into a Microsoft Word document. And these are my main notes right here. But I have these as backup. And the ebook version of the Mothman Prophecies here as backup if you I need that. You are Mothman Central. We're just going to have to, Jeff, you We're just going to have to work around. We're just going to buckle in and just... Look, I thought I did a good deed by reaching out, re reaching out to uh, Richard Gere in the movie, but that didn't pan out for me, so... Uh... We it's did it the movie, too. I don't have those in my notes, but I watched the movie again, too, recently. Um, we, could we have the movie running in the background as we do the show right now? We could. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like how you feel now, Jeff, when you get into your deep, dark rabbit holes of looking into alien UFOs and conspiracies and it's stuff like that. It's just endless. It's a black it hole. That's why I, I can't stop with this Mothman stuff. It's just... Do you need a support group? I might. Mothman's Anonymous? Yeah. Maybe two shows, three shows on this? We might end how up. Far we this going? might be a two-parter, as we said. So this might be episode 24 and 25. We'll see oh, how it goes. Oh, we could have a Mothman cake. The Mothman Prophecies. For our 25th? Have a little winged cake? Yeah. Look, Allison nope. has just a <laughs> blank expression right now. <laughs> but, all right, so we're going to dig into this. So... Yeah. Where do we start? Where's a good well, starting point on this? I guess... So the, if you... And, like, let's think about this, like... Now, Jeff and I have a little bit of an understanding about Mothman and the mm -hmm. prophecies, but let's let's just take it from a viewpoint of someone not knowing a single thing. The average Joe. Oh, boy, we're going to be here a while. Okay, so I guess the one place you got to start is where the majority of the Mothman stories take place, and that is in a specific place at a specific time, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, 1966 to 1967. Well, that's so, pretty exact. Yeah, it was a short year. That's the that's the thing about the Mothman. Like when you compare it to other famous crypto creatures like uh, Bigfoot or Nessie or Chupacabras or what have you, he isn't spotted as much. I mean, he really is limited to this one specific place in this one specific time. Although there are other sightings of him, which I will get into eventually. Um, but yeah, he's very limited into where he's been seen and when he's been seen. 
Okay, so if the year is 1966. Mm -hmm. 1966. We're in Point Pleasant. West Virginia. And what, what happens? Well, I'll give you some background information first. Have at it. Okay, so Point Pleasant, West Virginia, is um, it's a small town. As of 2013, they have a population of around 4,000 people. Nice town. I'm not sure what it was back in 1966, 67. I want to say it was about 500 people. But yeah, it was probably less. So you could imagine just a small hometown. Mm-hmm. Everybody, going everybody on. knows everybody. Dirt roads. Yeah, there's a lot of farmland out there. And actually, 8,000 acres of the land just outside of Point Pleasant and maybe part of Point Pleasant as well. I'm not really sure exactly who owns what and where county lines go and city lines go. So wherever. it's almost another world. Yeah, but there's... Well, let's go back even further to the 1940s. This might be the most anyone ever hears Rob talk. It will, because I'm crazy. <laughs> right I now, like I, it. I don't know what's happened in the last couple of weeks to me, but I mean, if I disappear, you guys are going to know why after I finish this. I feel like you had like some Monster Energy drinks right before this. Uh, no. No, you're just on just like water. a Mothman High? Just water. It's a Mothman High. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, so, so 1940s. 1940s, um, maybe the late 30s. This is during World War II. Um, 8,000 square acres of land just around and outside of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, were dedicated to a TNT factory for the war effort. So okay. they produced explosive powders, chemicals, and acids that they used for the U.S. Army during the war. So everyone started hallucinating and then saw Mothman. No, nobody saw Mothman during this time. Mutations. <laughs> but, um, the, yeah, they would make these uh, chemicals and powders and everything that they needed for dynamite and TNT and what have you. And they would store them, like I said, 8,000 acres of land. They had a series of these igloo-like bunkers all around the property, and that's where they stored all these chemicals and explosive powders. Um, obviously, after the war, the factory was no longer running, but the igloos remain there, and they're still there to this day. Um, they were all either sold or leased out to third-party companies, and it's unknown as to what these companies may be storing in the igloos. And here is a picture of what the igloos look like today. Well, that we'll I will be sure to post. post. Yeah. yeah, I will post that, and I might post this whole my, all my notes just so, so everybody. So these are privately leased right now. Yes. Okay. How so privately is... leased, or they've been sold outright. How safe is that idea? Not. Because you could get away with anything on these. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know what the deal is with it today, but during the '60s, that's how it was. Like, who knows what they could have been storing in those places? Right. And like I said, you want to check out our Facebook page. I will post the pictures, <laughs> and I might even post all of my notes here so that everybody can see just how insane I am for the Mothman. Facebook.com slash Parababble. Yep. So this TNT area was like an entire city by itself, 8,000 square acres. It even had its own bus station, so a lot of people worked there. Uh, there were rumors going around that they were testing unknown chemicals there for, like, I don't know, experimental weapons. That was never really proven. I mean, who knows what they could have been doing there, though. They had so much space. They had these bunkers. I mean, who knows? But uh, Some secret government stuff. Oh, we're going to get into some more secret government stuff. Nice. This is We're going to go off the deep end. We're just starting. So this Mothman's going to open up a can of worms. Oh, yeah. Per se. I think. Maybe. Can of worms? Can of moths? Can of moths. <laughs> 
This is gonna go. This is gonna go <laughs> sideways. Yeah, this isn't. This isn't gonna be good. So, obviously, World War Two ends. The TNT factory shuts down. It's left. It's abandoned. And a large part of the land was dedicated to the McClintock Wildlife Preserve. So isn't oh. that nice? You got a wildlife preserve with all these chemicals in the area. Yeah, well, what else are you going to do? People don't want to live there. Yeah, well, let's uh, fast forward to the 60s again. And the area is still abandoned. Nature's taken over again. And it's a really popular hangout for, like, teenagers. You know, they go drag racing, doing all that stuff that you see in, like, Happy Days or whatever old stuff like that. Happy days. <laughs> wow. I'm surprised you even know what Happy Days is, Rob. I know what Happy Days is. That's funny. I saw the reruns. <laughs> okay, so we got a bunch of people playing around in this property. Yes. Drinking, partying, carrying on. Mm -hmm. yeah. Chemicals may be or may not be there. Chemicals are there. Are there. 100% confirmed. And it's the 60s, so you know what else those kids are probably doing. Yeah. What were they doing? Other things. Making acid? LSD? They could have been taking that. There's like a lot of Lover's Lanes up there apparently, but I didn't really hear a whole lot about drugs, but... It's you the never 60s. know. It's the 60s. It's the 60s, yeah. It's right before the hippie movement, apparently, from what I've heard. And it's covered with farmland, so I'm sure they're yeah. growing plants of all sorts. I can imagine. Um, but there were tests done on the land. The soil and the water in the TNT area. area. And all three of those showed signs of having hazardous substances in them. So you got the land that's infected, the soil, and the water supply. All infected with who knows what from uh, explosive chemicals. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's ponds all over the place, and residents uh, reported finding mutated fish in and around the area. Kind of like Chernobyl? Yeah. Okay. God, I just watched a whole show on Chernobyl. Isn't it crazy? It was super cool. They went and tested all the animals there. Sorry. Yeah, I know totally. Topic, but but no, it it's was not like really. amazing. I, I was like glued to the television. They sent a whole group of scientists out to like run genetic testing on the animals because they've like, the populations there have become crazy. Mm -hmm. And there was a whole thing about how wolves have become like super aggressive. Like they they set up like trap cams and you can see like the wolves like burying their teeth, which is like not a normal behavior for them. Right. Like all kinds of really crazy stuff. I horses. The, the birds are dying off. There's a breed that. of horses there that are like prehistoric. They were pretty much extinct, but they came back because like nature took over there. There's actually people living at Chernobyl. There's like 150 people living there. I heard that. That's it's, insane. It, yeah, it's crazy. They're like, we came back in well, after it happened because we had nowhere else to go. You look at it this way. We live under power lines. Close. But it's just nuts. When you start talking about like chemicals and radiation and what that does to a person. Well, that's why animal. it's interesting to compare that, all those things from Chernobyl, because that'll play into some of the theories that people think as to what could be going on. Well, they absolutely. They said they had like seven foot long catfish yes. in the, in the um, waters outside of the factory. It was uh, river monsters, I believe. Yes. That went up there but this was like a whole new show that just recently happened and they they showed like these huge it was like seven foot long catfish and they took a genetic sample like they were able to like plunge a mm -hmm. plunger into one and like get a skin sample and it's a genetic mutation wow what are they eating other fish nature's like taking over so there's wildlife everywhere that's kind of interesting you know we could look into chernobyl 
Oh, I thought you were going to say you wanted to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on an off weekend, we can just jet out well, there. Well, it you is know? pretty interesting. And some of the stuff that I saw from watching that, I was kind of like, oh my God, I'm a little disturbed at. Maybe we should throw that in a, the Parababel Bank like somewhere. They show you, like, there's a, it's called the Red Forest. The whole forest there is still preserved mm-hmm. because when the blast happened, um, it, like, froze everything and killed even the bacteria. So there's no bacteria to decay all the trees. Interesting. So they're there just like they were, like, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, however long. So all these chemicals are definitely mutating and can turn things into other things, which is kind of... I think what's going to tie in here in some of these theories with, with the uh, Mr. Mothman. Yeah, they um, they definitely will play into it, and that's why I wanted to kind of throw out that background information in there about the TNT area, as they refer to it as in Point Pleasant. Sorry, but every time you say TNT, I just think of TNT. That old man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You know how this is? I can't keep the things in my head from not coming out. They're I, just falling out under the table. It's the way it that's, is. That's what we end in almost every just episode. Just say TNT again. Song. TNT? <laughs> Dynamite! <laughs> We're going to get through it, people. <laughs> well, one, one day. We, okay. haven't, we haven't even gotten to the Mothman yet. We're about 20 minutes in. So, so we got kids playing there. Chemicals everywhere. Tested. Yep. Not looking good. Mutated fish. Mutated Lover's fish, Lane. And who knows what else. Um, yeah, Lover's Lane. So it's a popular hangout for teens. And now this is where the Mothman comes in. Finally. Oh, finally. He makes an appearance. Yes. November 12th, 1966. It's the first sighting of the Mothman. Uh, apparently, I don't have a whole lot of information on this sighting. I think it was very brief. But five men that were digging a grave briefly saw him. They said he had a large... It was a large winged creature. That's that's all the info on it. Back it up. He was digging? Yeah, they were digging a grave. Who was? Five men. Why? I don't know. Maybe they were like, uh, what do you call those guys? Grave diggers? Grave diggers. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) We're not on the property, are we? I'm assuming we're at a cemetery somewhere. Okay, just checking because you just never know what's going on. We're just trying to get a fine line here. So that's, you got... a, that's a brief one. Okay, that's not really. I just use that. It doesn't really count. It doesn't, it doesn't count. count. We just thought we'd fill up a count. minute of our just, show with that. I just had to throw it out there. Okay, so something. these guys are digging up graves. It was the earliest reported sighting. The real intense sighting started the next night, November thirteenth, nineteen sixty-six. Um, it was actually in Salem, West Virginia, which I think was just. A bit outside of uh, Point Pleasant, there was a man who was watching TV that began having trouble with the television. And this will be a common theme throughout a lot of Mothman incidents here, is that a lot of electronic problems. So his TV kept cutting out like it had some kind of weird interference into it. And um, he had a large German Shepherd, this guy. And the dog started barking at something outside. So the man went outside to see what was going on and he saw a little bit farther out in his in the field or by a shed or something two glowing red eyes and the dog took off went after the glowing red eyes and the man was just like paralyzed with fear with a dread and he didn't pursue the red eyes he didn't go after his dog nothing he just let it go and he went back inside after a minute okay can we 
Can I hold you up right there? Yes. If an animal is really scared of something, it will turn its tail and run. So could this dog have thought, I can take this, I'm going after it. There was no fear for this dog. Because if you know animals, if they're if they're spooked, they're be beelining another way. So yeah. Could this maybe have just been an animal and he caught a reflection with the light in the eyes? You know, sometimes know. you see animals and they got the red in their eyes. Well, he said it was a badass German Shepherd. Okay. But sadly, the dog was never seen again. Well, kind of. Brave. Kind, what? Well, I'll coming get to back. That. I will get to that. Pet cemetery. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, so two more days later, this is this is where it just it starts getting insane. November 15th, two teen couples were driving around the TNT area at night. Okay. So here we are, right in, right in the middle point, Pleasant Hill. Uh, they came upon what they described as a large creature about six feet tall that was gray with a human-shaped body and had piercing red eyes and wings that spanned ten feet. So this scared the crap out of them, as you would expect. And then they took off in the other direction to get away from it as fast as they could. It took off and flew after them, started chasing them down in their car. Uh, Eventually, the couple got away, and they went straight to the police station. And the police separated all four of them, and they all individually were Mm -hmm. questioned. And the police actually believed their story because they all gave similar or identical stories so they really couldn't pick them apart yeah so something definitely happened out there yeah and i think they did another movie about that called jeepers creepers right yeah but the interesting thing is one of the things that these uh, couples said is that they saw as this thing was chasing them they saw a dead german shepherd on the side of the road and later on the, the police went out to this area to check it out and there was no dog how would they know about the dog? That's the other. Well, thing. they just saw it on the side of the road. Right. They they couldn't co- collate the two stories anyway. Right. These four people, yeah. and then the owner, Allison. You have that look of. I'm just trying to listen because the skeptic in me is already saying that if you're so fearful, then you're running for your life and you're trying to get away from this thing that you're going to stop and remember things that you see along the way. Yeah, but. It's chasing them. They're in a car and they're being chased down. I'm not sure if they saw the dog before or after. Right. The time placement is... The time placement on that's going to make a... Yeah. Because if they saw, like, after, you know? Yeah. Well, I think uh, if these kids are uh, coming up with the same story, somewhat the same story, something's definitely out there that they saw. Yeah, well, and this is this is how I got snuck, stuck into such a deep, dark Mothman hole with this whole thing. Is because, I mean, we already have five witnesses, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. It's so insane. Do you, do you believe in this? I might. Really? I don't. I don't know what to think. Still, I'm still researching it. That tells that tell you something, though. If I'm still researching this, that's why I'm asking. Because if anyone is skeptical, it's yeah. usually you. And I mean, the thing that drives me the most crazy about all of this is that there is no solid evidence, unfortunately. So, are there like police reports of this incident? Oh, there's. Are the people hundreds, still alive? Some of them are. Have they been interviewed again about this whole yeah, thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a great documentary. I should probably. Um, reference uh, called Eyes of the Mothman 
almost three hours long. It's awesome. What's it on? Netflix? Hulu? Uh, I think you gotta get it on, like, I bought it on Amazon. Amazon Video On Demand. It's like five bucks. Something okay. Like but, um, yes, this is the Mothman, as we've probably seen. That's, He's only six foot. Track. What is people running from? Six foot? Well, if you saw that thing running at you. Yeah, the wings might scare me off a little. The red eyes? I don't know. All right, I'd be afraid. I'm sorry. I'd be afraid if that, was, <laughs> if that thing was creeping up at night coming after me. I'd probably have some serious doubts going the opposite way. Yeah. So, okay, so now we got these. We had the grave diggers. We got... The four kids separated, went straight to the police station. They saw the German shepherd that apparently this other gentleman never saw again after he went into the forest. Where does that leave us now? Well, that's when things get really crazy. Um, this, this, These two teen couples, and actually, I mean, they say, we say teen, but they were actually, I think a couple of them were married, even though they're like 18, 19 years old. Um, but this sparked a mass string of sightings. There were over a hundred reported from the time this started in November 1966 to when it all ended in December 1967. So, so this went public, I would take it. Oh yeah. This so people came out and said, "Oh my God, there's this that be you know be alert because you're in a small town, oh, yeah. and people talk." Not only that, but it, it attracted outsiders to come, like monster hunters. Oh, of course. Uh huh. Because eventually, when it got really big. It, it became like a hotbed for that. And so the Mothman got his name from a news reporter because of the popularity of a certain TV show that was on in 1966. It was a playoff of Batman. Uh, so that's how the Mothman got his name. Once again, TV getting its fingers involved. Mm -hmm. The 1966 Adam West Batman. And you're saying... You said 66 to 67, so this is all occurring in one year period, and there's hundreds of reports of this. Yeah, November 1966 to December 1967. Okay. Yeah. Allison is just like, you could just see it in her head. You're not convinced yet, huh? No. Well, they had cameras in, in the 60s. Not quite as readily available, but I'll get to that too, because I, yeah, I looked into that. Okay. I'm just going to wait patiently. I'm only on page four. <laughs> we got a long way to go, people. All right. Yeah. Um, okay, so I wrote down a couple of interesting sightings of the Mothman, because like I said, there's over 100, but two notable ones. Um, November 27th, 1966, Connie Carpenter, she was 18 years old. She was driving home from church in broad daylight, when she saw what she originally thought was a normal man standing in a deserted golf course as she drove by. So wings that span about 10 feet quickly popped out of either side of this man and it suddenly flew off and chased at her car. 10 feet. That would be almost the width of the studio. So each wing is 10 feet? The, so to the total wingspan is 10 feet, so each wing would be about 5 feet. 5 foot. With your body torso in the middle of it, so we're looking probably what 11, 12 feet. I don't know. There's birds that have that size wingspan. Yeah, but they're not called the Mothman. Four or five. And they don't feet. have red eyes. Four or five feet, but six foot tall. And it's very aggressive because once its wings came out, it flew directly at her windshield before veering just off. So it just missed her windshield. It was like messing with her. And so Connie was tranced by its glowing red eyes. That's like the one common theme in every single sighting is the glowing red eyes. 
Um, and here's where things get really weird. And this is why, like, there is some odd evidence, but not like nobody has like a picture of him. But concrete you, evidence. You have, yeah. You have documented things like this, because after she saw the Mothman, she, like, the next day, her eyes were super red. They were swollen and itchy to the point where they were almost closed shut. And she had developed something called Kleag conjunctivitis. Okay. And this is an inflammation of the eyes that people get after prolonged exposure to ultraviolet rays. And this is something that multiple no. people who encountered the Mothman developed. All right. I was going to go with a different route until you put that last piece of information in there. I was going to say you're living in the country. There's all kinds of wild plants and flout, whatever out there. So maybe somebody's allergic to this. So she got swollen eyes. Yep. And she's stuck by her story. Something yep. swooped down at the car and just turned at the last minute. Scared the crap out of her. Ten feet in wingspan. Red eyes. So red eyes seems to be the traveling point here. Yeah. Hmm. Now, in your research going along with this, this might be jumping ahead here. Was there anybody out there, like, um, you know, just going out there and fooling around trying to mimic it and be like, oh, I'm the mouth man on the side of the road trying to be stupid and scare people? I don't know. I didn't see anything with people saying that. Yeah, I didn't see anything in my research on that either. So, but I mean, it's possible that someone because everything happened in such a comp in a year. So that is, if you really sit down and think about legends and stories, they don't happen in a year. They happen yeah. centuries over. Well, that's you know, what I'm saying. When you compare it to like other crypto creatures, like everyone, I think the reason why, like maybe Bigfoot and like Nessie are a little more well-known in the mainstream is because they've been going on right. for years and years and years, some of them hundreds right. of years. And, and also you have like one solid piece of evidence that people have to throw out there to point out. Like with Bigfoot, you got the Patterson video with Mothman. Right. Uh, Mothman. With Nessie, you have that picture, even mm -hmm. though that's been debunked by now, I think. And with Mothman, you don't really have anything solid. You don't have a picture. What you have is tons of police reports, tons of news articles, tons of actual documentation about people having physical effects and other things okay so like with bigfoot you have a lot of people who report things that jump out in the middle of the road next thing you know they're at a police station reporting yeah. this that they saw something whether they thought it was bigfoot it could have been a bear it could have been anything yeah. now do you think say six months in they have a handful if not more of um reports on this mothman do you think with this short window that mass hysteria could could have, could have started because if you're if you live in such a small community, and people are seeing this or they think they're seeing something like this, everything they see moving in the forest or any type of shadow at dusk, you're going, oh, it's a Mothman, oh, you know, and you're you know hysteria sits in. You're like now you're scared shitless. I don't know how it didn't, because the Mothman, there was hundreds of sightings of him and he sounds pretty scary, but things get even crazier. There's two more things that kind of show up in Point Pleasant during this time. Okay. Okay. That I'll get to eventually, but I don't know how mass hysteria didn't break out with all had to. things going on. It had to. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, we weren't there. I wish it was. <laughs> I think I would have brought a camera. <laughs> <laughs> that worked. That worked. So yeah, that was Connie Carpenter's story, and um, she'll come in back into the story eventually too. Um, but then there was a woman. Man's baby. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
I had relations with the Mothman. I see National Enquirer headlines all over the place. <laughs> she was actually the niece of a woman who I'll get to at some point who was, um, her name was Mary Heyer. And she was the, um, she was a news reporter for the local Point Pleasant. Um, like Lois Lane? Here somewhere. Yes. Nice. She, she didn't take no shit from no one though. She was, uh, I'm trying to find where she comes up in my notes here. Okay. She was a reporter for the Athens Messenger. And she would receive all of these reports, and she would report on them. But that's uh, that was her niece's kind of carpenter. So I'll get to all that craziness okay. in a second. Um, I think I have one more specific Mothman story before I get into like theories. Um, there's a woman by the name of Marcella Bennett, and one night she was pulling into her driveway, and she had her baby in the car. And as she pulled in, it appeared it's as though she woke something up that was sleeping in the middle of her driveway. And it she saw a large figure get up and stare at her with glowing red eyes. So the Mothman might have been taking a nap in her driveway or something. I don't know. She has no neighbors. Well, this is a no lot of these. Sees this, no headlights in her car. I mean, you got to realize Point Pleasant's a small, small town. A lot of these happen out in farm land. Where so it's probably like spread out. Land. Yeah, it's so your neighbor out. is a couple it's miles like away? Country land, yeah. Okay. So it stared at her with her glowing eyes, and she was struck with terror. She got out of her car, she grabbed her baby, and then she dropped the baby. Wait, why are you getting out of your car if you see this thing in your driveway? Well, I don't know if she noticed it before or after she got out of the car, but... Okay, so... I'm assuming she... Right, why didn't she just drive away? Why didn't she run it over? And then the story would be over. (laughs) Unless they procreated. Then we would have had, like, some real hardcore proof. I know. I don't know. All right, so she saw this. She dropped the baby. Yeah, she was, like, paralyzed with fear while the baby was on the ground. Like, and this mothman was just sitting there staring at her. And eventually, she did finally grab her baby. She ran inside her house. She locked the door. And then the mothman actually lingered around outside the house and was spotted on her porch looking inside for several minutes. So I wrote here in my notes that this showed that the mothman showed signs of high intelligence that most cryptos generally do not. It's almost like he's, he messes with people. Like he, he'll chase them down, but he'll swoop away at the last second. Yeah, but she drove she drove into this. Yes. And startled it, or it was getting up. But what would be the point of just scaring people? Like, if it's... It's got to be eating something, right? Not necessarily. Why? It needs... Well, you don't know what it is. But it needs some substance to survive. Everything does, no matter what it is. Possums, raccoons, I mean, something so, of that nature. I mean, you don't think certain. aliens eat? Aliens have to eat. Wait. Well, I'm sure aliens... Are you saying it's an alien? alien? Well, well yeah, I'm just we'll saying that. that no matter what it is, it needs to sustain itself some somehow. So it's got to be, like, eating. It's got to be hungry. It's got to be doing something. Like, you think if it was going to hunt people, it would, you know, be doing it for a reason, not just to, like, screw with them. Right. I can't see it eating humans. Maybe a baby. No, there's no reports of it ever actually physically. And I don't think someone. that it would, it, that was like the whole point. I, right. You know what I'm saying? But like, what would be the intention behind just showing yourself and messing with people? We don't know. Because think about it. Like, Bigfoot doesn't want to be seen. It doesn't want to be caught. It's very most, elusive. Most crypto creatures are going the right. other way. I think it totally depends on what the Mothman is. Or isn't. Okay. So maybe we're just not there yet. Yeah. 
I don't know. Okay. Okay, so she got in the house. Um, it's staring at her on the porch. Dude was hanging out on the porch looking it in windows. It filled a bag of poop <laughs> up and lit it on fire. Fire? Knocked on the door? left it on the porch just to mess with her. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on the door. Mop on. Trick or treat. <laughs> All right. So that's her story. And she stuck to it. And she stuck to it. So the Mothman was spotted on roads, rooftops, barns, fields, farms, and even flying over the city of Point Pleasant. And just about all of the reported sightings featured the same or similar descriptions to that of what the original couple had. The one that um, were chased down by the Mothman. Which was probably published somewhere, which everyone then probably had access to. Right, so the public got a hold of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you could reproduce those stories. Like I said, such a small town. I saw it, I saw it, I saw it. It came out of the trees. No, it was actually the trees just blowing around yeah. and there's an owl in the tree and you see all the red eyes. That's true. Then again, like this, the physical symptoms that some of the people, the witnesses had, I mean, you can't really... Okay, the ultraviolet uh, lights the and the eyes conjunctivitis. Yeah. Which was something that a number of people ended up developing when they saw him. So this... Okay, that was a common theme along with the red eyes. Yeah. Well, the con- that is the red eyes. That's oh, I'm sorry. Con- con- I don't know. I don't like Just call it itis. There's an interesting, uh, I don't know, physical symptoms like that always interest me. Because yeah. mass hysteria, it's like you could almost think yourself into having things be wrong with you. You know, like... Oh, my God. Of, you think to, like, the like it, yeah, like anything. I mean, you know a place is infected with bed bugs. Suddenly you start itching and you're scratching even though there's nothing that. there. And you will develop marks mm-hmm. and whatnot because your your mind is producing those right. effects. There was a spider crawling on my friend. I saw it. We got it off. Now I'm itching myself. Right. Exactly. Or even think about like in Salem when they had the mass hysteria for the witch trials. Right. And like those girls had scratches and bites and hives and all sorts of things but were never actually touched by anything. Like, you know, we only use 10% of our minds. So I'm just putting it out there. Maybe, you know, it is ultraviolet light that's causing your eyeballs to Yeah, that's an actual melt, but <laughs> I mean but, but, but what it's if this such... thing is some sort of radiated creature that is emitting these things? It's possible. You know. From playing in the TNT barrels. Yeah. Right? But then again, the soil is infected. Yeah. The soil, the water, the land, everything. Everything. But it, it's in the shape of a human mothman. Yeah. But who knows? It's like you said before. You don't know what the environmental factors are. Maybe it was a really breezy day and it was a dust bowl and some of that dust got kicked up and got into her car and it had chemicals seeped into it. I mean, and she rubbed her eye. Who knows? And she saw a regular, like, pigeon swooping down at her car or something. And she thought <laughs> yes, it was like a... six-foot a... pigeon. <laughs> she thought it was a mothman because <laughs> her eyes were so jacked. I mean, okay, I see what you're saying, but these people are starting to describe the same thing. Not just, not just the eyes, but... You're starting to see the wings. It's around the same height. But again, we could go the other way with this too. We could because can you tell me what Bigfoot looks like? Yeah, he's big and hairy because that's what everybody's told me. Right. And he likes pea-covered ribs. Yes. Yes, from Walmart. I understand that. So you know people I mean? people are following suit with whatever else has happened. Or if there was incidents where, oh, it happened on my farm. Oh, guess what? I saw it on my farm. What did it look like? Well, uh, it the was... The same thing you saw. Yeah. It was big, right? It was big, and <laughs> it had a big wingspan, probably about like 10 feet or so. Absolutely. Oh, okay, great. I, I can see where both arguments will work here. Yeah. But... I don't, I don't like you guys questioning the Mothman like this. He wouldn't feel Oh, right. boy. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything to protect us from the Mothman? No. No. I don't worry about things like that. Garlic. 
garlic cloves. I'll get you. I'll get you some protection if you want. So if you're worried about it, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So where are we heading now with this? So we've gotten through some of our case points here. Is he mutilating um, farm life yet? Precision, <laughs> pre precision cattle cutting. Not yet. Is he sucking the? Is he Wait, sucking the blood out of no, things? No, the is not there. <laughs> aren't we missing the biggest story? What wasn't the bridge? That's the only. Oh, that's the only that's, story. That's, the end. Oh, that's the only <laughs> story I know about him too. Right. Yeah. Everybody's oh, they're like, okay, it's like the harbinger around. doom. That's on like page fifteen. Oh, okay. On like page four. So all this. So that's the big ending to the story. But so yeah. this is continually happening till we get up to that point. That happens in December of nineteen sixty-seven. Because wasn't that like the theory that he kept showing up to like try to warn people? Yeah, I looked into um, yeah. other Mothman sightings because, like we said in the beginning of the show, like the thing that is interesting about him is that. Most of his lore and his sightings happened around this one place and one time. Whereas you look at like Chupacabra or the Bigfoot or Nessie. Well, obviously Nessie's confined to Loch Ness, but it's over a large span of time. Is what I'm saying, all over the place. So in this one year span, exclusively in that area, mm -hmm. they own Mothman rights. They sure do. It's not been reported anywhere else, as far as we know. Not during that time. But we can get, we can go out of that time zone and we'll have Mothman appearances. We sure will. Oh, so we went on tour. Okay. I have a list of other Mothman sightings um, on the last few pages of this. So do you want me to get into this now? No, 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 no. Just continue with your storyline here because okay. I like watching the expressions on Allison's face. <laughs> her nose twitches, or I, you know. Right. Well, I think this is definitely going to be a two-part episode. But... Um, I'll try. We'll try and wrap this this first part up with um, possibly some theories as to what the Mothman can be, and then we can pick up into yeah with okay. all the other when it gets really insane. Um, so, as far as the Mothman goes, one of the interesting things that a lot of people reported is that he took off from like standing to flying with an unaccountable amount of ease. So Superman, almost like a helicopter, like he would just go like straight up. Huh. And scientists say this is actually it would be impossible for a creature that that's of that size. They would have to like versus gravity. They would have to like with their wings. Right. Well, unless he's you know got some strong legs and he's just got a good push. Or maybe he's unless not. he's got some turbo thrusters. Hey, he might, you yeah. playing on the TNT farm? You know what? Yeah, you he's know. got some radiated turbo thrusters. A little methane. <laughs> a little methane. So so let that go. Shoot directly up into the air. He's got some nonsense. <laughs> like, it's like Vin Diesel on the Fast and the Furious. Okay, so more Nos, man. Oh my God, it's so bad. So now he can springboard off planet Earth straight up. Yes. Okay. So another one of the like more physical things, not with people, physical phenomenons that happened with um, the Mothman was around was the electronic malfunctioning that I was talking about before. People would report like a lot of. Um, strange interference in their TVs, like that first guy, and also their radios whenever he was around or right before he was spotted. So that's tripping That's tripping mm -hmm. over into the alien oh, yeah. genre of things when, you know, lot, you know the time, the radio, everything. We're about to go off the rails on the alien thing. Okay. So. It's a distant cousin. <laughs> Maybe he's one of them. just shaking her head. Well, look at what the next topic's got to be. Uh, UFOs, but we'll get there in part two, I think. Um, 
<laughs> so the Mothman sighting spurred the town of Point Pleasant to be visited by hundreds of monster hunters, paranormal investigators, and UFO hunters. And no one caught any evidence of this thing. Not not a fur sample. Well, no. Not a photo. It was the mid sixties. I can give them a little bit of leniency on the photo look. Thing. We got footage of World War Two, World War One that is pretty good. Yeah. But we can't get a Mothman on and we film. We got photos from the eighteen hundreds. But who's carrying a camera around waiting for a Mothman? Polaroids. But I don't Polaroid think they cameras. were obviously I don't... as common, but I don't know what the deal is with the investigators that went out there to actually look for him. They still had tape recorders. No, I can't. I don't. I mean, I can't blame them. Well, what would the tape recorders do? Well, he, well, did, make the wind. he, did, make, he did make noises. Some people reported he made like squealing noises like a mouse or something. Yeah, I mean, I could forgive the normal people that lived there that just saw him, like the teenagers. Like, you're not going to have a camera on you in I don't think it was commonplace like that back then yeah. to, um, to to be thinking about that. If you're a paranormal investigator in or 66? a monster hunter, yeah, hospitals are in the 50s. But I don't think it Tape was recorders. popular to the point where, like, if you take in today's society that... You know, well, yeah. I mean, the technology is there at every turn of the corner. Right. Back Everyone's then, got a phone with a camera on it. But here's the interesting thing, though. I didn't find any reports of any of these monster hunters or paranormal investigators actually having encounters of their own with the Mothman. Although it's entirely possible because, like I said, there's hundreds of reports, maybe over 100. I didn't go through all of them yet. Don't you think if you were a monster hunter or a paranormal investigator and you had an experience, that would be all over the place? Yeah. Because well, it would be a pretty elite story. Right. I mean, you'd want to know that from a professional, quote-unquote, than you would from Connie Carpenter. Carpenter. Marcella Red-eye Connie. She could have been smoking weed. Bad weed. You never know what's going on with these people. <laughs> she was coming home from church. <laughs> hey. Some of the best churches. Anyway. See that? Even Jesus ain't going <laughs> to save you from the Mothman. No, the Mothman's coming for you. Exercise those Mothman. <laughs> Okay, so put out some mothballs. I just want to jump back to the alien thing for a minute. Put out some mothballs. <laughs> That's where we got mothballs from, right? Moth aliens. Really, put some lanterns out. Really big mothballs. Big balls. <laughs> You're talking a lot about balls here, Rob. Will that attract the Mothman then? If they were, if, the, if you put out big balls, yeah. will it attract the Mothman? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Can we, can we go back to the alien thing real quick? <laughs> of course, the, that's where you want to go. <laughs> with the TV and the radio going all wonky. Um, saying that, all oh, the aliens could have put them down there. Well, the aliens had a really good thing. Oh, we're going to just give them something for a year they can watch. And it won't be believable because no one's going to believe it anyway. There's a winged man down there flying around. No one will ever believe it. They'll see it and people will be like, you know what? You're crazy. Anyway, oh, yeah. that's all I had on that thought. Well, you'll, have, you'll have more alien thoughts. Just get TV Sweeney down there to make a movie about it. <laughs> okay, where was I? Um, okay, so theories as to what the Mothman, the physical being of the Mothman, could be. Okay, so we're going to talk about the theories. We're going to end this episode, right? Yes, because we're at almost 50 minutes here, so we're definitely going to need a part two for what I'm going to get into. And we're going to need some time to think about these theories, too. So. Yeah, and there might not be a part two because Jeff and Allison might commit me. After we break for part two. Okay. So, a theory. We have a toxic piece of land. 
Yes. And we could have had a mutant man or creature take a different form with wings. So it was like a guy that worked there at the factory and there was a... And he grew wings? Something bad happened? And he got fused with a chemical or something. And a okay. bird like... Now, Grant, do these theories have to actually sound like they're real or can we just fabricate this? It sounds like Swamp Thing or something. Well, I think that what we're going to try to fabricate is probably going to be pretty close to what Rob has, so... Okay. So, <laughs> someone played someone played in Toxic Playgrounds and they mutated... Took them a couple of years. A few years. And they okay. mutated, grew some wings for some odd reason who knows the government could have been doing testing down there too yeah you know and they cleaned it up in a year so that's one what would be another theory about this you it's said a demon that is a actual theory see <laughs> well i don't like that side of the, the paper i want to flip the paper and go it was an angel that is also a theory <laughs> so it's a mutated man it's an alien it's a devil it's a demon devil mm -hmm. or an angel they also had a theory that it was a what was it, a barn owl? Because they have a big wingspan and red eyes. That's just ridiculous. But yeah, it couldn't be that, right? <laughs> It'll be the mutated guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's more believable. No, <laughs> Probably definitely, is. definitely not an owl, though, I'm going to say. Okay. That's my opinion. So those are some of the theories. Now... You want to hear the real theories now? Oh, we have real theories? I thought those were the real theories. Some of them were. Oh, okay. Yes. Let's... Angel and demon were a theory because of what happened on the Silver Bridge, as we know. Um, people theorize, you know, is he an omen? Was he trying to warn people or was he a harbinger of doom? So angel or demon could go either way. Who knows? Probably neither. Um, more rational people question whether it could be a mutated bird. So not a human that got infused with the chemicals or something, but a bird. Because there was reports of mutated fish. So like a vulture that had a really bad day. Actually, people say... <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Sandhill crane. Okay. So a sandhill crane, um, they have red faces, and they have... You know I'm going to Google this right now. I have a picture of one. I need to... They actually have wingspans of five to seven feet on their own, normally. Normal ones have that. Five to seven feet. Okay. Yeah. So it's possible people theorize that a mutated version of the species uh, happened because of all the hazardous substances in the TNT factory that could have made one that was much larger, and they could have... Okay, I'm not buying that theory. Yeah. I'm looking at these birds, and they look like birds. Even yeah, a mutated do. would not... I mean, this had like a man's body, didn't it? Yeah, it had like a human man body. But in, in the thing is, if you look at the legs of these sandhill cranes, and again, check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash parababble. They have bird, obvious bird legs and the long neck. Yeah. These they, birds are big, but I can't... I, standing next to them... Some dude would have had to like really love that crane, and yeah. maybe. <laughs> I mean, if all the sightings were at night, and if they were, if there was just a couple, I'd say yeah, it could have been a bird. But I mean, you have sightings here in broad daylight. So is that sandhill crane um, partial to this area? I don't even think it is. <laughs> That's the thing, because when people, uh, when witnesses were shown pictures of the sandhill crane. Uh, mm -hmm. They denied that's what they saw, and they found it almost insulting that people had suggested that's what they Well, saw. right here, if you uh, type in Sandhill Crane, you have these guys that actually killed some, and they are holding them as trophies, and the guys, the gentlemen, are actually way bigger. Yeah. yeah. Even body and width size, because if that's yeah. a six-foot guy. Like a mutated one. A mutated guy. I mean, that's going to be big. Yeah. And if you put seven feet out there as a wingspan, it's tough. Yeah. Okay, so... 
there are a couple more theories that you only get crazier from here. Um, we'll take it back to um, the Bridgewater Triangle. Some people think it could have been a Thunderbird. I saw an article on that, and I said, ooh, nice. Now that I find interesting. Because you believe in it. You find the Thunderbird interesting. I find the Thunderbird interesting. Yeah. And the theory that this could have potentially been related to that. Yeah, because... Was there Native American land anywhere there? There sure as hell was. And actually, there's a specific um, Native American chief cornstalk that... Wait. Chief, chief cornstalk. Corn mm-hmm. Yeah. This is real. Okay. Now we're going back to the 1700s. Okay. So he was a Native American. Um, him and his tribe, they lived around the Point Pleasant area in West Virginia. And he was murdered by a British loyalist for the land. And a lot of people say that be, as he was dying, he put a curse on Point Pleasant. So a lot of people, you know, when bad things happen in Point Pleasant, they're like, oh, that's the curse of Cornstalk. So a lot of people think that he could be, uh, the Mothman could be some sort of curse. Curse. Whether it be the Mothman himself or the Thunderbird coming in as a curse from Chief Cornstalk. Yeah, but you know what? That curse didn't kill anybody, did it? Well, the Silver Bridge collapse. Bridges collapse all the time. Especially back then. No, not really. But if you're talking about what Mothman looked like, the closest description that it would be to anything else probably would be some kind of Thunderbird. Right, and we... Pulled up a picture of a Thunderbird, and we have a gentleman standing in front of it, and this thing's freaking huge. <laughs> so it could it could be that, possibly. possibly. That would make sense in a kind of you know realistic way. Right. That's a big bird. Big bird. Not the big bird, but a big bird. Can we end this episode with a song by Big Bird? What the hell is that? That's another picture of a very large bird. Sorry, Rob, Again, we're, just, and that's, we're Googling these things as we're talking about it because... See, so you're falling into the hole. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, I feel feathers growing out of my back. So really this was this could have been like an extinct, uh, or, or thought to be an extinct, some kind of prehistoric... Yeah, that's another theory. Is that a pterosaur? Yes. A pterosaur, which is a um, prehistoric bird, almost like a pterodactyl. And that's a theory out there because there are reports in 1856 in France that a group of miners killed a living pterosaur. And they have a picture of it, this pterosaur. It's a pretty famous picture um, that you can see going around online or on the Parabell Facebook page. I'll show you guys right now. That that's, looks photoshopped. Yeah, um, you'll see in my notes it says probably BS afterwards. But that's a theory that people have. Yeah, but we have to we have to uncover everything here. So. Yes, we do. Does that look photoshopped to you? See, this photo does not look photoshopped. Yes, it looks photoshopped. The guys look like they're out of place. Yeah, because that looks more realistic. We will post all of these pictures. Interesting. So we got our list of theories here. Oh, there's one more. Oh, we got more? Yeah, on that page in I notes that you got. Well, I don't want to stop This you. one's interesting. As uh, from a paranormal perspective, something called a tulpa. A tulpa. That sounds that sounds familiar. T U L P A. A Tulpa. Yeah, it's translated as a magical emanation, 
Here's the exact definition. A conjured thing and a phantom. It's a concept, a concept in mysticism of a being or object which is created through sheer spiritual or mental discipline alone. So it's something where you think about You're something creating an image. and you physically create it by thinking about it. Which kind of brings it back to like the Philip experiment. I was just going to say that brings you to the Philip experiment where they all tried yeah. to concentrate on one thing. Yeah, well if anyone doesn't know, it's a experiment done in a college in the 1970s in Toronto mm -hmm. where a group got together and they made up a ghost. They made up someone, they made up his history and everything, and they got together like every week for a year, two, or three. They yeah. would hold a seance for him to see if they could physically manifest him, even though he was completely made up. And at some point, eventually, they did get like physical manifestations. It took a long time, but they did. So, so again, but we're, we're working with a small window here. We got a yeah. year. But again, you got a small town. This group in uh, Toronto that did the Philip experiment, you know, maybe a group of like 15, 20 people. If you have mass hysteria breaking out in a town of like a couple thousand people. So we can't discount yeah. mass hysteria as being part of every one of these theories yeah, too that's an interesting theory especially in this town i heard brought up um in the book Moth the mothman prophecies by jonathan keel who will go into detail too in part two um but yeah jonathan keel he believed that it, it's possible that it could have been a tulpa but he was a little crazy yeah and um yeah he actually cites a an example of a tulpa in this home somewhere i forget exactly where it was or what the details were but there was this old home somewhere where there was never any reports of hauntings and an author lived there and he would write like a couple novels he would like write a novel every month or two and his novels were famous they were about um, they surrounded this one specific character who was like like this cool detective he wore like a long black coat mm -hmm. and like a black rimmed hat and so he lived in this home for several years and kept pumping these books out like crazy he moved out of the house the, the people that moved in right after would report seeing a man oh. with a long black coat and a black rimmed hat just like so they didn't know anything thing. about this gentleman and it was a was fictional character from this guy's books that he kept pumping out when he was living there so you're saying energy yeah like some kind of mental energy putting putting it there physical phenomenon that's like making yourself see something right yeah, almost. But if you're leaving, I'll call it residue. <laughs> when you leave and it's stuff hanging around there, that's that's, that's kind of nuts. Yeah, it's interesting though. It's, it's delves into some kind of science that we just don't understand yet. So, do you think? So we're gonna wrap this up. Mm -hmm. So, do you think um, being back in the '60s in this year? with having some mass hysteria and not having the technology and the understanding that we do in today's modern world, which is easier to believe if this was to happen in today's world? That's, that's, I thought about that a lot. Like what or, if it happened today? I think the huge thing about if it happened today would be that, you know, everybody has a camera on them all the time with their cell phones. Right. They're a lot more advanced than they exactly. were back then. Like it would be a lot harder to explain it without having any physical proof, like with pictures. So you're saying it would be a little harder these today? Yeah. And if it did happen today, and it was actually happening, and people actually had evidence to back it up, that would be insane. It would blow up beyond so just this little town. One little step over here. So our government 
and experiments that they do and these uh, black projects that they have, are you saying that it, you know this could be possible or not possible that they have created some type of, um, let's just go with the creature, uh, mutated body parts, whatever, however they, uh, stem cell, DNA crossing, that they couldn't make something like this and it could be believable? It's very possible because the next part when this story goes absolutely batshit crazy for part two, UFOs show up in Point Pleasant uh -oh. by the hundreds, as well as the Men in Black. All right, so where can, for this part, where can we be reached at? Everybody, Facebook? Facebook.com slash Parababble. At Parababble. Okay, we can do Instagram. Instagram. At Parababble. Twitter. We already do that. At Parababble. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Wherever else. I'm just throwing out there. So we, we're easy to get to for this first episode. So. Parababblepodcast at gmail.com. So we're leaving off on the theories. Um, we got Allison with her nose all a joint. She's falling into the hole slowly. She is going into the hole. I do see some feathers on her. I found out where he is right now. Whoa! Oh, the you have to post that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what I'm looking at is a crane in a coat and jeans. Standing outside of a tent because he's homeless, pushing a shopping cart. Oh, that's just sad. Nice. <laughs> we need to get the Mothman some work again. All right. I'm going to text this to you, Rob, so you okay. can. So that wraps up our first part of the Mothman. Yes. And we will be uh, firing up part two. Tune in for our 25th episode. I Don't know. Do. We got to get a Mothman cake. Mothman part two. Yay. It just sounds so excited, Rob. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah, strangely enough, the Mothman's not going to be quite too much in part two, but uh -oh. it's all surrounding it. All right. We'll so, catch you guys later. Two.